When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today's guest, Tony Harris, started his long and successful career in broadcasting way back in his native Baltimore, where he was a disc jockey. Oh, my God. We're not going to do that, are we, Melissa? We're not going to go that far back, are we? Okay, but will you please say your old call sign? Do you know it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Baltimore, it was, uh, I worked for three stations at the same time. So I worked for WSID. AM. Worked for WLPL, which was W, the land of pleasant and living. Right. <laughs> then uh, it was a radio station in Washington, D.C., and I can't remember that one. Did you go like, it's W-S-I-D-A-M? Well, here's the thing. I was like 19 years old, and I was doing, I was playing Sam Cooke records. I, I couldn't relate to that material, right? Right. I, and But it was an oldies, it was an oldies station. I'm 19 years old. I wanted to hit the new stuff, and, and, and I was playing oldies, and... Then I moved over to WOPL, and that was a rock and roll AOR. You remember the old AOR format? No, you're too young. And <laughs> and then it was OK 100 in Washington, D.C., and that was like the, the burgeoning of what we now call urban radio, right? Right. OK, but then you went on to CNN, Al Jazeera. You earned yourself not one but two Peabody Awards for the BP oil spill in Hurricane Katrina, as well as a DuPont Award for covering the destructive Southeast Asian tsunami uh-huh. in 2004. Yeah. You moved on to investigative discovery with Hate in America in 2015, which I watched, which was amazing, as yeah. well as the six-part series, Scene of the Crime. Mm-hmm. You helmed the podcast, Monster DC Sniper. And <laughs> I take a deep breath there. Since 2021, you hosted The Proof is Out There on the History Channel. The show's fourth season, wow, begins June 9th with a new episode every Friday night. Hi, Tony Harris. Wow, I can't, so I, I just, in all of that, the thing that is amazing to me is that it's you reading it to me. It's you <laughs> talking to me that it is you, you know, I, I, I did a, a stint at, at Entertainment Tonight where, you know, um, your mom, I mean, anyway, that, that you, that you would be interested in our show is just amazing to me. So it's, it's great to be with you. Thank you. Well, I'm interested in all this kind of stuff. My mother was like on celebrity ghost hunters and all that stuff. Um, and I'm a big true crime person, which is how I first discovered you. Yeah. Because I and my mother, we were both true crime junkies. You're the audience. You know that, right? You yeah. are the audience. It's, it's a yeah. programming for women. Well, you- first of all, I need to... So deeply thank you for making my sleep issues even worse by showing me a decapitated fish that can bite through metal. I I appreciate that. It's I so really appreciate it. Things. Just so you know, it's doing really bad things to me as well. So there you go. Oh, that's going to make me feel better at 3 a.m. laying in my bed going, I wonder no, if Tony's it, it, awake being haunted by these freaking images well well we'll jump on a zoom or jump on a call <laughs> are, are you watching this are you awake are you frightened as i am okay. there you go yeah. yeah the 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 
decapitated fish reminded me of when they used to say, like when people were decapitated and they'd hold up the head and the lips would still be moving. Yes. It's the same principle. That's the principle at work. Yes. Which is the nerves, the nerves in the blood that's oxygenated keeps going. Well, you're giving away the, the verdict. Okay. I'm sorry. People need to be aware that the fish that can chew through a soda can there's a reason for it. There sorry if I. For it. Sorry if I if I did a, a ruin the, the reveal. The, the, the um, truth is out there, and we will reveal it. Exactly, but new, a newspaper called "The Truth Is Out There" as a serious cross between America's Funniest Home Videos and the X Files. I mean, that is a very interesting wow description, but it's a great one. It really is. I. I uh, Olivia hasn't sent that one to me. So Olivia, I need to see that one. That's, that's terrific. We accept that. Yes. That's a, that's that a, accepted. I would watch that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've had this, we've had this terrific run. I mean, the origins of the show are pretty humble. You know, we, we like everyone else on the team, you know, we're fascinated by Bigfoot stories and we're fascinated by the Loch Ness monster mythology and everything around it. And, and so we'd said, well, why don't we create a show around that? And then, you know, do this new thing, which is because there's got to be a twist, right? So the new thing right. is crowdsource this thing and let's get everyone to, to play along. And and the success of the show is really due to the fact that people have said, okay, I'll play. And they're sending us all of this video uh, of things that they're interested in that they can't explain and they want us to explain it. So we put a great team together. It's pretty simple. We put a great team together at Water Stir. And, and I guess the other thing that we do is we come up with a verdict. So you send us your video, you're confused by it. You want us to explain it. And uh, we said that to our experts, we've got a we've got an ever expanding list of experts who have joined the show over the course of the three, however many seasons this is. You're starting your fourth. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. The mortgage company <laughs> will be happy to hear that. <laughs> and that's um, it. that's the secret of the success of the show that people have decided, you know, you're you're worth investing time in. And here's some video. What the hell okay. is. It? OK, have you. All, OK, two questions. I'm going to go with I'm going to switch the order. One is, are there ever videos that are so obviously fake that people are just trying to get in the show where you're yeah. like, come on, people, be serious. I'm not going to buy this. Melissa, that's it. That's where, that's where the show has grown to, to that point that you just hit on right there. That's it. Nail on head, right? So um, uh, we're at a point now where because of the success of the show, people are, are first, thing, first thing is the ability to fake uh videos is astounding the technology that's out there right right uh to to fake you do amazing fakes that's out there and so we've gotten to a place now where people uh want to fool us that's become a separate challenge but i'm wondering are there you know teenage boys where you can see the fishing line and and the the thing moving across the street yes it's it's, (laughs) melissa it's a real show uh oh i know (laughs) <laughs> they have real experts. You're not getting on the show. You're not getting on the show with with a wire between two cans and calling it <laughs> telephone, right? You're not getting. <laughs> you're not getting on our show. You'd better be much more advanced than that. And they are. And the technology is out there for folks to come up with incredibly kind of ingenious approaches to deep fakes, the deepest fakes. And so that's like a, a separate category of our show, which and maybe we'll we'll do extra episodes and put them on online or something of, you know, the links that people will go to trick us to get on the show. Yeah. It's okay. a whole thing. I think that's absolutely a must. 
Um, because that's a whole, that's actually a whole separate show. Um, were you always a skeptic? Were you always interested in getting answers to the unanswerable, but really looking at it with a very critical eye? Okay. So another wonderful question. It's why you do what you do. Um, uh, I have the superpower for me is, is curiosity and as it is for you. So, uh, yes, the answer to the question is yes. And, uh, but it is a balance between having an open mind thinking that I have no clue as to what is possible in the universe. Oh, and how many universes are out there? What's possible in the galaxy? Oh, and how many galaxies? All right. So, uh, I, I've never, as it pertains to this show, I've never been one who has said, I've been the person who believes that we're not alone in the universe. That's just, you know, that's just the way I, I, I'm wired. Um, and, but when you find yourself in this journalism space, you have to put on the skepticism hat. You just have to. You know, I think a lot of the issues that we've had over the last, and, and this is the only thing vaguely political I'll say, is over the last six, seven years is the fact that too many of the folks who do what I do have just been willing to put the skepticism hat aside, right? So maybe we can get back to more of that as we go into this next election cycle where people put it on and they start to do the job the way they were trained to do the job. And so for, for me, I, I've always been curious. I've always had an open mind. But when you come into this space, the thing that you are overwhelmed by immediately is how much you don't know. Right. So I keep seeing right. these experts that we bring on board and, and they're just so smart. And I'm thinking as a journalist, I'm going to ask them the well-prepared, well-thought-out, multi-dimensional, multi-layered question. And, and they've got me humbled and, and quivering in the corner like a little child. Right. Because they're so smart. And, and, and for me, it's the frustration of that is that I'm so used to politics. I understand the economy. I understand. I know all of that stuff. Right. I understand you know, what happens to people in very traumatic situations. I've covered that forever. But to be talking about, you know, a thousand leagues below the sea, what's in the space? What's in this galaxy? What's in this black hole? Oh, black holes are real. I mean, it just exposes just how much I don't know about the world that I inhabit. And that's been fascinating. I hope we do 10 years just because I'll get smarter, so much smarter in that time. <laughs> Uh, well, and the mortgage company will be happy. And, and yes, the, by, by that time, it'll be the mortgage company on the on the next house. Hey, now. Oh, geez. Show off. <laughs> um, you brought up something very interesting, which is in an interview, you talked about you are more interested in what's under the sea, personally. Yes. yes in Why? the world. Because we know so little about it. Um, oh, I saw something recently, and, and someone was saying this very same thing, is there's just so much that we don't know, you know, about what's in the oceans. Um, you know, Loch Ness is what, 750 feet deep. And, and we can't really know what's there because it's so murky, but what's there, you know, is, is it a, a descendant of a plesiosaur from X number of years ago, or is it a gigantic eel? I think at this point we know there's something down there or several some things down there, but what, right? And so I, I, 
at some point here, I'm going to get off my lazy ass and I'm going to do the thing I keep saying I'm going to do is I'm, I'm going to learn how to dive. I'm going to become a certified diver and I'm going to do this. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to venture. I'm going to do the big adventure of just going underwater more and spending more time underwater and just seeing if I can understand that space. Uh, we're investing a lot of energy and a lot of dollars in, you know, what's in the skies. Have but you personally, and not through the show, yeah. experienced something that you couldn't explain? And I don't mean raising a teenager. <laughs> How about raising two? Would that qualify? Yeah, it, that's just that's just stupid. That's, <laughs> that's just stupid. That's just, that's just, you know, that's just signing up for self-flagellation. Why? Why yeah. would you do that? Why would yeah. you? Why would you do a shura again and again and again every day? Right. So, yeah. um, I think um, the answer to that is no, no. And and from where I sit, um, I think that maybe brings more credibility to the work that I'm trying to do on the show. I mean, I'm I'm sitting here saying I have an open mind to all of this, but no, I have not experienced something that I can't explain. I haven't had uh, a sighting. I haven't had a visit. Um, and you know, but I, I listen very closely and very in, intently to people who talk about their experiences and, and I want to know, and I want to dissect that, but no, I'm, I'm not sitting here saying, Hey, look, I, you know, I'm the perfect person to do this show because I've had experiences. No, I'm, I, I, I take the work seriously. I, you know, have spent 40 years doing this, this work. And so, uh, at the moment at which I tell you I've had an experience, I will have had an experience. Right. Yet some of the stories, for example, the sound boom in Pittsburgh. Yes. And your experts come back with, we don't know. Does that make you crazy? Because I would think as that you need, you're trained to get to the answer no matter what. Uh, The answer is yes, a thousand times over. And, and so, you know, I think we're updating that story uh, on Friday's episode. But yes, I mean, there, there are pieces of video that we get um, that we can't render a verdict on. And, and, and that's really frustrating. And I just, my admonition is just let's stay with it. You know, we've expanded the staff of, of producers on the show. Uh, we started out with like eight or 10 shows a couple of years ago. And, and now we're up to like 40 shows. We're, we're probably over 100 episodes of the show. So we've had to expand the staff. And that's just all credit to the audience. But the audience has found us and, and thinks we're worth spending some time with, right? So, um, yeah, we've expanded the staff. We've expanded the expert class as well. Um, and, yeah, it's frustrating. I, I, I think a lot of what is unknowable now um, is knowable or will be knowable soon. The, the technology gets better and better. I mean, I, I can't even explain to you what's happening, you know, and maybe we'll talk about it later, but I can't explain to you what's happening with AI right now, Right. Right. So um, that's going to provide some answers. It's going to confuse us a lot. But I, I think, you know, the, the shows, the, the name of the show, the proof is out there is something that we believe. We, we believe we can find answers to a lot of today's mysteries. And so it, it is frustrating when we are inconclusive. Um, we remind people that we, we call things UFOs or UAPs because we just can't identify them, not saying that they're alien craft or whatever else. Um, but we don't know what it is. 
Um, and we don't know why so many of these sightings are around military facilities, and that's concerning. And part of us saying that we think a lot of this is knowable is because the, the, the government knows a lot more than it's telling us. And we hope to be able to unlock some of that um, in, you know, over the course of time. Do you think, and I don't know why this just popped into my head, mm. you know, you talk about that there's been, what, 142 military jet sightings of things, and 141 of them have been able to be, or not explainable. Yes. Do you wonder if the government, and I am not a conspiracy theorist by any stretch of the imagination, that they're purposely letting us think that they don't know what they are? And it's worse in the wind on this. Yeah. <laughs> right? Look, I mean, there's 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 an honest answer, and then there's a, there's kind of a cute answer to that. So um, I, the honest answer is, I believe the military and the government knows a lot more about what we're seeing than they're they're letting on. There's a perfectly plausible uh, explanation for the sightings of a military bases that that that's experimentation, right? Right. That that's totally plausible. And, and then you can also understand why they wouldn't want to tell us that because telling us is telling multiple audiences. I get that. But, but some of these things, they, they, I just think, I don't quite get the degree of uh, secrecy around much of what counts as government and protecting us. Uh, I don't, I don't get a lot of that. And I think there's a lot more that we can know that, you know, the kind of cynical answer to this, the cute answer to this is is for as long as the government wants to hold these disinformation so close to the vest, you know, we get we get more opportunities to more to do more shows and to pick away at it. Right? Which is fantastic. Which is fantastic. I do want to talk about other parts of your career because it is so fascinating. I mean, you were in Hurricane Katrina and the BP oil spill, Southeast Asia with the tsunami. How do you keep, and I wonder about this all the time with journalists, how do you keep emotions out of it? I mean, I understand being able to do it on the air. How do you keep it, how do you keep it together off the air? Because I wonder about that. Like, I remember one of my favorites, was it Sarah Snyder on CNN? When finally, when finally she got emotional and it made me love her more because I'm like, what this woman has been doing in keeping it together all these months, it is affecting her a little bit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, but how do you keep that distance? I mean, she made it like a year without cracking. Do you just cry off camera? So uh, there are a couple of answers to that. And the Seidner example is a terrific one. I've known Sarah forever. She's and- brilliant. Yeah, uh, I'll tell you a quick story, um, and I and I won't go long with this. I was anchoring in Atlanta, and Sarah was covering what we were calling the explosion of Mumbai. Mumbai is on fire, and it was when the terrorist went into the hotel and just wreaked havoc. And Sarah was covering it live for us, and uh, she was in the middle of an open space, and agitators were closing in on her and um, she was getting handled, right? And it was getting dangerous. And I'll never forget this. I'm on the air as this is happening and I take us down. I take us off the air because the lights, the camera lights were drawing all these knuckleheads, right? And and I 
I took us down and, you know, not a great moment for some of the management at the time at CNN. They were upset that we took her down because they wanted the conflict. They wanted the drama, but Sarah was not safe. Right. Right. But, uh, that's just to, to speak to her brilliant. She kept it together there. And I did what I felt I, I needed to do in that moment, which was to, to take her, take her off the air and shut the lights down and get these chuckleheads to move on. Um, the answer to your question is, for me, how how I process those moments and the Southeast Asia tsunami is a perfect example. We went on the air first thing in the morning and there were like 9,000 dead. There were over 100,000 dead by the time we finished our shift about nine, 10 hours later, which is just a horrific thing, right? You can't even comprehend in, in yeah. a way those numbers. I've always felt that that I had the information and more than anything, I had to keep it together because I needed to get the information out. That's, that's the simplest expression of how I, I dealt with it. I had to get the information out. But what happens when the lights go down? Is that when you just shudder? I mean, doing what you do, you have to be incredibly mentally disciplined. Because you're, you're talking to people and there's information flooding your ear uh, from producers, from the control room, and there are people running documents to you and this, that, and the other. That's what a breaking news situation is all about. And when I started in this business, I, I, I did not handle those, those situations very well. And I, I think at the end of my time at CNN and certainly with Jazeera, it became one of my strengths uh, because my approach was just to talk to people. It wasn't to be a, you know, an anchor or it wasn't to be a reporter. It was just to you know, walk through this, this traumatic moment with people as a human being. Um, yeah, there, I, I never, I never, I just learned how to process it. Um, yeah, you understand the weight and the gravity of, of what you're dealing with, but I could never allow myself to be pulled that deeply into it emotionally, I just didn't, I, I always was afraid that if I did, I wouldn't be able to continue to do the job. Which is vastly different than your time at entertainment tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to break the tension there. Thank, thank you for taking me off that limb. Thank you. Because <laughs> it was cracking fast. Thank you. Well, I just find it, I just find it fascinating that, that emotional and mental discipline and it, it, it's such a, but that's why you win Peabody's. Um, I just didn't think I could get it. I, I wasn't sure that I would be able to get it back. You know, if, right. I, if I lost it, I wasn't sure that, you know, my, my, my daughter had ear infections and that destroyed me. Mm -hmm. Oh, I get that. Right? Destroyed me, right? To see her in such agony, right? I'm holding her in my arm when they put her under and she goes limp and I'm destroyed. Oh, forget it. Forget right? It. You know what I'm talking Just about. Forget it. Destroyed. It's all over. It's and all and so you're, Oh my God. It I can't ever made that connection to the work I was doing in a in a tragedy. I wouldn't I'm not sure I could get it back. So I, I just was able to manage to keep the distance. Which is amazing. Um let's talk a little bit because I think this has become become if not this season on your show, I would assume next season on Proof is out there AI. Yes. Now you've got to worry when the chat guys are testifying in front of Congress, oh my God, we've released the Kraken and we're sorry. Regulate us. And I'm not sure you can regulate us effectively. Anything, right, but, anything you do today to regulate us is going to be obsolete tomorrow. Yeah, but it, it is frightening that the guys who are making money of this went, 
ooh, our bad. You know, that that's frightening. So, you know, on I I I get that technology continues to evolve or we wouldn't enjoy, you know, so many of the comforts and life wouldn't be as easy as it can be for some of us now. I get that technology evolves and 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 we need it and and you're never going to stop a curious mind they're not going to stop you they're not going to stop me uh that's curious minds go where they go right so i get all of that but there you know there are societal consequences to some of this stuff and i just think we have to be really smart about what we're investing in and we we need to talk about some people just we know that even the best technology can be used for bad purposes. And so I, you know, there's a former colleague of mine and, and I'm blanking on his name, but he's to, he just wrote a book. He's with uh, NBC and MSNBC. Now you probably, uh, if I could think of his name, you would know him. And he was working with us at Jazeera and he's terrific on this subject. And, and I, uh, I'll send you a note and, and you can Please. sort of blast him out. Um, but he's doing tremendous work in this space. And he wrote about this a year ago. He was working on his book more than a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago. And it's just out and now about to go in the paperback. And it's just tremendous. And he says, you know what? The book needs updates because it's moving that quickly. I don't know where it goes. You know, I'm not, I'm not afraid. Uh, I don't walk through this, this, this planet and this life afraid very much, right? You know, we love our kids. And so we, we, we worry and we want them to be you know, safe and happy and, and find love and all those things. But but I don't I don't walk through life afraid. I think we can figure it out. I think there will be some wreckage until we do figure it out. Um but I, I think we were smart enough to understand that we've got technology. You know, we've got the the Oppenheimer movie coming out this summer, right? About about the uh about nuclear weapons, right? And and I don't know that we've done the best job of of building in mutual assured destruction, but uh, we're at a place now where we can have conversations about that. I think we will we will figure out the dangers of AI, uh, and I think we will find a way not to let it eat our lunch. Do you do you feel that way? Um, I find it really frightening, especially in the world that we're living in. And well, tell me why. And- because, well, first of all, I'm going to use the example you and I were discussing earlier, and if people haven't seen it, look up Jonathan Turley, uh, who was a law professor, and somewhere a, a chat bot or whatever randomly put him on a list of saying that he sexually harassed someone, which he never had, and they couldn't get it down. That's what's scary, and, you know, the and I can only... of it to destroy people's lives and reputations, and yeah. Right, and then you can say, oh, well, here's the photographic proof. I mean, I go back to my favorite one thus far that took me a minute was when they put the Pope in the big white puffer coat. Yes. I loved that. I'm like, ooh, Italian designer on the coat, you know, on the Pope. I'm like, wow, that's a, I was like, from a fashion point of view, I'm like, oh, that's fantastic. And then I realized like it was completely and, and by the way, I, I half didn't believe that that you were interested in our show or I would have dressed better. That's no, I am. Um, I think it's very, very frightening. I think it changes us to a situation where you're guilty and pro- until proven innocent. And I don't know how we're going to thread the needle yet because I don't think the technology in 
um, figuring out what is. I, I don't think. I think that. I think we haven't quite perfected how to reverse engineer to find proof that it's a fake. I know. Oh, with we're, my, we're getting there. Even on we're our getting show. there. Yeah, even on our little show, we're getting there. But you're right. It's it's still a challenge for us. But but everything you just said speaks to the need for for journalists and, yes. and and scientists to 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 really collaborate to get at the truth to find the proof right and so I, I and what's frustrating to me is we need we're in a time now where we need journalists to be at their best on top of their game and and in far too many cases we're just not right uh, and everything you just said speaks to a need we we've, we've got to have journalists doing their best work now well you do a lot of your best work i do have a question and a mystery that i'm going to pitch out there come on i got a pen in hand okay i I think it's something you can relate to i'm asking for a friend of course okay why can't a 22 year old college kid hear his mother calling him from the next room for 10 minutes, but they can hear their cell phone buzzing downstairs at the furthest end of the house. <laughs> I, 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 my friends have witnessed the same phenomenon. I'm going to the glasses. Please. I think you may have witnessed this too. You talked about that. You've never w- witnessed any of these things, but the age of your children, I'm thinking you may have. So, I'm putting a a murderer's row of talent together to solve this, okay? Please. Stay with me. We'll put Mark D'Antonio on video, Amy Title on journalism, Michio Kaku on the physics of it. Love that. Michael Primo uh, and his father on the audio of it. Oh, of course. On the audio of it. And then we'll put Juan Hernandez. He's a meteorologist. We'll find a way to put him in the band. Okay, we'll put him on Congress. Yeah. And we'll figure it out. I think I may have your season finale right there. If not, have me back for season four, and we will have the riddle solved. I am so excited. The proof is out there on the History Channel. The show's actual fourth season begins June 9th with new episodes every Friday I could talk to you forever. You're smart, you're funny, and you just get it. And it has been a pleasure having you on the show. I can't believe Melissa Rivers is interested in our show. I am tickled to death. We have broken through the zeitgeist. <laughs> there you go. Now I can do, we can do a, a, a spinoff, which is the what? mystery of people making poor fashion choices. Whatever you want, <laughs> I'm there. God love you. Appreciate <laughs> you so much. Thank you. Ahura Media Production.